It's hard not to think of ourselves in terms of what everyone else is doing. That's not quite what this story is about. This Pharisee isn't measuring just any aspect of his life against other people. He's measuring his righteousness, his goodness. But before we even get to that topic of comparison, I think we have an opportunity to reflect. How much does it actually serve us to spend our time and energy comparing ourselves to other people? How much does it actually help? And that does bring us right back to this gospel, the Pharisee this morning. He's a religious leader in his community, an expert on faith. It helps us to know that he's an insider, for lack of a better word, someone with status. The tax collector, on the other hand, is in every way the opposite. Even in terms of how these men earn their bread, Jesus wants to tell you as quickly as possible, through their titles alone, that this tax collector has something to be sorry for. So there's our scene. A tax collector and a Pharisee come to the temple to pray. And here's what I think the problem is. So often, we are looking at other people, comparing ourselves to other people in an attempt to know ourselves. Too often, we are looking at other people, comparing ourselves to other people in an attempt to look at ourselves. That will never work. And especially when it comes to ethics. When we're looking at other people to determine whether or not what we're doing is good, we can only end up looking in the wrong direction. And I don't mean learning from others, gaining inspiration from others. That's one of the most wonderful things we can do for each other in the church, sharing our experience with the experiences with each other and serving together. That's what we do. But when we look at other people to measure what goodness is, if we're good and other people are bad, or even vice versa, that never works. Because when we're looking at each other, comparing ourselves to each other, we're not looking at God. Because that's what this tax collector is looking. Even though he's looking at the ground, he's talking to God. Heart open, cards on the table. This is me, Lord. Help me. Help me. He's standing there, kind of vulnerable, and trusting that God will see him as he is, what he's done, but also his deep desire for mercy and to change. The Pharisee, the religious expert, is caught up on appearances, on what he can see. He's almost wearing his goodness-like stage makeup, clear and legible at a distance, but it's messy up close. The Pharisee is measuring himself on a scale that runs from sin to righteousness, from good to bad. It's a ladder to climb. But that's actually not it. It's not about sin versus righteousness. It's sin versus Jesus. It's always about looking to Jesus. And so we don't have to be afraid of the word sin. Sin versus Jesus. It sounds a little intense. We don't have to be afraid of the word sin because we know what it means already. Anything that breaks relationships, that harms our relationship with God, our relationships with other people, our relationship with ourselves, you know what those choices look like for you. You know what sin is for you. And I think 201, 
Sins all look like some version of selfishness. And the invitation is always, always, instead of looking to ourselves first, to look to Jesus. Because when we turn our focus, when we turn our hearts to God, even when we've done wrong, even when we're not proud, even when we're too much like other people, more concerned about status and convenience than mercy and justice, even then, our ability to change comes from God. And in turn, that desire to stay focused on Jesus, to be moving towards Christ, that will take us everywhere we need to go, away from narrowly focusing on ourselves and the people we love and our priorities. It takes us towards concern for others, even strangers, even enemies. A whole world of possibility opens up when we think of ourselves as disciples. And it happens in so many ways. Our minds change and our hearts grow. We're able to step with bravery towards new situations and opportunities to serve. We're able to step into situations that we fear might be beyond us, emboldened with love. It's like Paul says in the second letter to Timothy, so the Lord stands by you and gives you strength in countless ways. Our ability to forgive one another for starters, to reflect with clearer eyes about the world we want to live in, and the necessity that we all play a part in making it so. And it all starts with opening ourselves up to God. We trick ourselves, sort of like this poor Pharisee, we trick ourselves into thinking we have to start with righteousness and goodness. We have to start by getting it all right, and that'll take us to God. And that's how we end up looking around at what everyone else is doing. That's how we end up thanking God that we're not like other people. I don't mean to make it sound easier than it is. Turning towards Jesus' life is complicated, to put it mildly. <laughs> but when it comes to the challenge of trying to be a good person, we don't have to feel quite so lost. Because we're here this morning because the battle has been won. Jesus stepped into the world to redeem it, cradle to grave and beyond. That our ability to reach out in concern for others never needs to be restricted by fear because it's brought alive by hope. We can have faith that God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. We get to come here this morning and remember that together in prayer, passing the peace in the Eucharist, we get to remember and connect and turn to Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Because as long as we open our hearts to him, as long as we turn to Jesus and not inward on ourselves and what we want, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've done, you're already on your way to a new and better life in Christ. Amen.